Good morning, Mountain Park. It is so wonderful to worship with you on this beautiful Mother's Day. I have to say, uh, my name is Amberly Neese, and I am a comedian and a speaker, but mostly uh, I am a mom, and I'm super thankful for a day like today where we celebrate that, but Mother's Days were not always easy for me. Uh, For many of my years, in my youth especially, my mother and I did not always see eye to eye, so Mother's Day was hard. But also there were years that my husband and I were struggling with infertility, and especially as a pastor's wife, Mother's Day was hard because I had to pretend to be happy for other people that they were mothers when I myself didn't seem to be able to be. And it was arduous. It was super hard to play nice on those days. And so Mother's Day had this this weight and this difficulty that not everybody understands. In fact, it became so apparent to the people around me, I got a little salty when it came to Mother's Day, that uh, my Bible study leader pulled me aside in love and said, Amberly, I know that you and Scott are really struggling right now with infertility, and I just want to tell you that um, I can't cry for you. (laughs) And I remember thinking, Well, I bet if I sat on you, tears would come out of your tear ducts. But what she was saying was that she had seen God do such amazing things with some of the other pain points in my life. She couldn't wait to celebrate if and when God allowed us to have children. And indeed, when we had our first, our daughter Judah, uh, Karen was the one who threw the biggest baby shower in the history, I think, of the world, because she was just so excited to celebrate all that God had done. So I'm praying a special blessing on each of us this Mother's Day. Let me start us with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunities uh, to celebrate not only being a mother, but being a wife, being a a woman, being a human, being a child of you, God. Thank you so much for that. And I pray a special blessing uh, on each of us, God, as we dive into your word, may it encourage us to be lights for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so In the Bible, we have tons of women that are highlighted. I think it's fantastic. Obviously, we have our VIPs, uh, people like Ruth and Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Rachel, Deborah. I mean, MVPs, right? And then you have the next echelon. Those are the little lesser known women. Those are Deborah, Dorcas. I have to stop right there. My inner junior hire cannot get past Dorcas. It makes me laugh every time. So Tabitha, whatever you want to call her. Uh, Elizabeth, the, ma- the mother of John the Baptist. We have JL, the tent spike lady. When we talked about names for our children, uh, we had some J boys names picked out, but the girls' names we couldn't quite. So I was like, oh, a J name would be cool, but you either have Jezebel, not a good choice, or JL, the lady who took a tent spike and pierced somebody's head. So not good on that either. So needless to say, our... Our daughter's Judah, not JL. Uh, but then you have these unnamed women, these, these women who, who have made a huge impact. Their story has impacted millions uh, with their interactions in the Bible, but they don't even have a name. The woman at the well, uh, Lot's wife, the queen of Sheba, Job's wife, Pilate's wife, the woman caught in adultery, Noah's wife, and his, and his daughter-in-law's even, no name. And then... There's the echelon right underneath that. Those are the ones that, whose story is told on some level, but they, they're not even named. They're not even mentioned. So how about, how about the mother of the thankful leper? Have you ever thought of this? There's 10 lepers. They all get healed by Jesus. Only one, only one comes back to thank Jesus. Don't you know his mother, maybe his dad, but maybe his mother uh, said, you, 
you did thank that guy, right? You wrote him a thank you note, right? I, I grew up in that house that we would open up Christmas gifts and we had to write a thank you note uh, right along with it. And so that leper made his mama super happy on the day that, uh, that he went back and thanked Jesus. What about, uh, what about the mother of the boy who shared his lunch, right? That mother who probably drilled in his head, sharing is caring, right? And when they needed fish and loaves, here was this boy, the only one that seemed to know the sharing is caring motto. And he brought that lunch. And because of that, miracles happened. God used that um, sacrifice of his lunch to do some amazing things and to point people to him, which is awesome. What about the mother of the Good Samaritan, right? I mean, I understand it's just a parable, but still, had the Good Samaritan actually lived on earth, he would have made his mother proud by all the things that he did. Those are unnamed people in the Bible, unnamed entities in the Bible uh, that we can equate with being a mom. But I will say that we have to recognize that sometimes, sometimes making a difference is thankless. People may not even remember who you are when you do good things. And that's the part I want to celebrate on this Mother's Day. Whether you're a mother or an aunt or a dog sitter or a nurse or a teacher or coach or a Girl Scout leader or a Sunday school teacher, whatever it is that you, you do, I want to charge all of us, male or female, to make a difference in Jesus' name, giving him the credit, even if nobody remembers our name at the end. But this is easier said than done. My name is Amberly. That's hard. I mean, nobody gets it right. I'm called Kim all the time. It's so funny because I try to be good about it. I try to be like, oh, it's so close. But in, inside, I'm a, I'm a little bitter about it. I'll be honest with you. Probably because um, when I graduated from high school in the Valley, uh, Cortez, 1988, um, my maiden name was Amberly Epperson. And when it came to graduation, they said Kimberly Erosion. Oh, yeah. And then my undergraduate degree, they said my, I'd married uh, a wonderful man whose name, Niece, right? How, how do you mess that up? And yet they said Amberly Niecy. And so when I went to get my master's degree, my husband said, are you just doing this so that somebody says your name right at graduation? Maybe, maybe, absolutely. But I think as a culture, we're obsessed with our names. In fact, sociologists will say that the reason that we uh, have trouble memorizing other people's names when we meet them is because we're so concerned that they're going to get our names right, that we actually mess it up. And that is so amazing to me. Did you know that you could ask Siri to call you any name at all? This is so awesome. I love me some Siri. So I had a student who taught me this feature on Siri, and she said, Mrs. Neach, you got to see this. This is unbelievable. Watch this. Siri, who am I? And Siri says, well, your name is Morgan, but you want me to call you Beyonce. I mean, how cool. We can even teach our phones to, to call us what we want because we think our names are important. But as we dive into the scriptures, we realize those who are really, truly following him become less concerned about what others say about them, what others call them, and more importantly, about the name of God. So what I want to do is I want to dive into one of my favorite scriptures. I know we're not supposed to have favorites, right? But this one, this one is juicy. So pull out a fork and let's dive in. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 14, going through 16. And it says this, you are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. He is speaking to his people. And he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gets, gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, ooh, this is so good. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So there are four L's. I went to Bible college and this is what they taught us. Everything has to be, you know, some kind of alliteration. It has to rhyme or whatever it happens to be. So we're going to dive into the four L's of what this, uh, what this verse is encouraging us to do. The first one is let. It says, let your light so shine before men. Like, let it happen. That, that kind of, it's like this verb, which is this conscious choice to, to acquiesce, to, to allow, right? And so we are to let our light shine. And I'll be honest with you, this one's hard for me. Sometimes it's hard to let others uh, be in charge, let others be the boss. Now, when the kids were really little, one of the ways, one of the kind of code words and when you become a parent, you come up with all sorts of crazy code words, little family things, uh, jokes, inside um, ideas. But one of the things we would say is when we gave our kids um, over to someone else and said, hey, you know, a babysitter or an aunt or whatever, we would say to the kids, okay, so-and-so is the boss of you tonight, which meant that what, what they say goes. And the kids understood. Okay, okay, so-and-so is the boss of me. So-and-so is the boss of me. When my daughter... Uh, when our daughter decided to follow Jesus, she didn't say, I want Jesus to be my Savior and Lord, although eventually that did come. What she said in her youth is, I want Jesus to be the boss of me. What a cool prayer. I'm still praying that prayer at 50. I want Jesus to be the boss of me. And in order for that to happen, I need to let him shine through me. I need to allow him and to, to acquiesce to his will and his love, and his goodness, and his light. So the first part is let. The second part is light. It says, let your light. Now, lest you get this confused, because I know sometimes I do, it's not the light that comes from you. You don't have to come up with this light. It's the light that God does through you, coming from you, but directly from God. So let your light so shine before men. It's his light shining through you. When people see those things. And this again is like an easy concept to read, but not always an easy concept to live. When I was growing up there in Phoenix, um, there, uh, I'd moved to a new community and um, I always loved being a student. Actually, I was that person that would take copious notes and wanted to do well, wanted to please all my teachers. And there was a boy in my class who was not as committed to things academic. He was probably smarter than me, but just not as committed to the, the rigors of school. And on our way in from recess one day, he asked if he could copy my paper. And I was like, I mean, this is the 80s. So I was like, um, no, you can't copy my paper. Like, that is so plagiarism. Um, but I finally acquiesced. I finally said, okay, I gave in to the peer pressure, which I should not have because it's wrong, kids. It's wrong to copy somebody else's paper and to let somebody copy your paper. And yet I, I said, okay, all right, I'll do it, you know. And I'd never done anything like that before. So my heart was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy, right? I'd never been a criminal ever. My life of crime started there in the fifth grade. And he didn't sit next to me. He sat behind that person. His name was Brian. And I remember Brian like assuring me, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so the teacher passed out the test and we started, you know, writing as furiously as we could. I knew that he was waiting for my answers. So I Fortunately, I'd studied, and so that first page was super simple. I, I, you know, kind of motioned to him that it was time. I put my hand behind my back so we had a clear view, and I remember him 
like, I could hear the scribbles as he's writing. And at the end, he did this little, which I guess is criminal language for you can turn the paper over. So I did, turned it over, finished that second page. And when he was done, I could hear that it was like this elation, like, yes, we were really good criminals. Like we totally got away with it. The teacher didn't even know. This is awesome. But at the end of the day, our teacher dismissed the class. She said, everyone can leave except Brian and Amberly. And I began to cry. And some of you cry cute. Ladies, some of you are cute criers. You're like, boo to the who, mm, right? Or the, like the ladies on the novelas, if you ever see the novelas, they are like, Ricardo, you broke my heart in a thousand pieces. Like these genetically perfect Latinas where the makeup stays on point while they cry. I'm not that person. Uh, I make these crazy sounds. It sounds like somebody's stepping on a gerbil. It is not good, right? It is no bueno. And um, he's saying to me, Brian is saying, shh, maybe it's not about the test. I mean, we're going to be in so much trouble. My dad's going to be so mad at me. And he's saying, just calm down, calm down. So finally, the teacher sat us down. and She said, something happened today that's never happened in all my years of teaching. If you're a teacher, make sure you learn how to really lay it on thick when you're talking to your students, right? And I thought, wow, never has anybody copied somebody else's paper. She said, I got everybody's paper, but no papers with Brian's name on it and two papers with Amberly's name on it. Brian had done such a, an amazing job of copying my paper that he forgot to put his name on his paper. And he put my name and said he copied it perfectly. And even though that is a terrible strategy for doing well in school, it's actually a beautiful strategy when we look at this verse. I would like to be the type of believer, the follower of Jesus. The tr- truth is I follow the example that he set when he came here on earth. And at the end of the day, I write his name on the top of the paper so he gets the glory and I don't. So there's let, there's light, there's luminate. It says shine before others. Shine doesn't mean you have fancy words to share with somebody. Shine doesn't mean you have the perfect Bible verse. Shine doesn't mean that you speak eloquently or prayer, you know, pray these giant, you know, lofty prayers. Shine just means you do what God has called you to do. You're faithful to that. You're obedient to that. There's a humility that comes with that. Sometimes the most amazing ministry that I've been a part of actually had nothing to do with me is what people did for me in times of really uh, major difficulty. And they didn't shine, you know, they didn't pull out their Bible and give me 84 verses that can encourage me. They just sat with me. And in some cases, they embraced me. I don't know about you guys, but right now with COVID, I'm, I'm Italian. We don't just hug. It is a full body contact sport hugging is. And I miss it so much, but I'll tell you that some of the best ministry happened by somebody just embracing me and saying, it's okay, God is good, just reminding them. So who has shine abilities? All of us. Those of us who follow Jesus, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And as he was speaking at the Sermon on the Mount, knowing that he was going to go back to heaven, he said, you are the light of the world. It's almost like he handed us um, the responsibility we got to, uh, to see, we, he passed the baton of that responsibility to be the light. And again, not coming from us, but coming through us from God. So we have let, we have light, we have illuminate, and finally we have link. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good deeds and do what? Praise your father in heaven. 
glorify your father in heaven. We're just supposed to be this link where we're pointing people to this God who loves them. Uh, where we were living in California, there was a gentleman who was hired to be one of the sign guys. You know, I'm talking about those little sign guys that they, they're selling, I don't know, houses or, or Subway sandwiches or whatever it happens to be. They're doing their little sign. And some people take it really seriously. Some people, they just stand. And they're, you, as you drive by, you think, oh, that person is, is, it's a sad day for them. You can just see them. They're just standing there with the sign. They're just getting the job done. Then you've got the people that have a little bit of boom chugalog going on, a little bit of sign, you know. And then you've got, there was one guy in our community, and he was in it to win it. It was amazing. Like, he was dancing. He was doing all this, woo, you know, as, I mean, the sign, and it got to the place where people say, oh, my gosh, you see that guy? But nobody could remember the company he was trying to advertise. If we make things about us, if we do good deeds so other people say, yay, or woo, or you're so awesome, we're failing to point people to God. We should be a billboard for the love of God and not make it about ourselves for sure. Yes, just like in the Bible with those stories, sometimes making a difference is thankless. People may not even remember who we are, but our prayer should be that they would never forget who Jesus is. We should be a walking, talking, serving billboard for who God is and just how much he loves us. Let me read the scripture one more time. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Happy Mother's Day, and God bless you.